Good evening, baseball fans. It is Wednesday. Is it Wednesday? I think it's Wednesday. Wednesday, February 14th, also known as Pitchers and Catchers Report Day. It's not Valentine's Day. It's not Valentine's Day. I don't, we don't really celebrate Valentine's Day over here because, like, you know, I, I treat my husband like a, you know, like a great human being on all of the days and vice versa. So we don't really need Valentine's Day. Although I did get strawberry dipped chocolates. That's not it. Chocolate, Chocolate dip. dipped strawberries. <laughs> Chocolate dipped strawberries. I got those. They were delicious. I um, imagine the other way around would be good too. Probably. Probably. But then would it just be like a chunk of chocolate dip and strawberry? That's what I'm imagining now. Anyhow, um, pitchers, pitchers and catchers reported today. Um, before I get into that, though, I'm Susie. That's Tom. This is Bourbon and Baseball. And I should probably give you the warning. This is a rated R podcast for all of the adult content. Um, not that adult content. Like nothing. Only fans over here. Just cuss words. Maybe some inappropriate adult humor. Because that's just how I am as a human being. Um, so if that's not your jam, that's okay. Just you should probably turn this off. Or if there's like tiny ears around, you should probably put some sort of earmuffs or listen to this on earphones or earphones. I'm 90 years old, apparently. Ear <laughs> pods, buds. AirPods, earbuds. Thank you. Thank you, earbuds. It's it's late, guys. Uh, I And I've just been so excited about all of the pitchers and catchers reporting that I don't, I no longer know how to use words. So um, I had a lot of homework to do today, Tom. And I only got like a quarter of it done because I kept like refreshing Twitter to see all of the reports from Brian McTaggart and Sports 790 and various other people that I didn't even know existed in the Houston sports market that I now have to follow on Twitter because they all had something a little bit different. And I was all, well, shit, now I got to follow everybody. So um, biggest thing to come out of this today, if you have not followed on Twitter, is arm soreness. Arm soreness for our apparently over the hill ace, Justin Verlander. And then it came out a little bit later that uh, JP France also had some arm soreness. And then it turned into everybody had shoulder soreness. And by everybody, I really mean Justin Verlander and JP France. So um, thoughts on thoughts on that, Tom? Thoughts on the shoulder soreness? I mean, I watched the interview that JV had, and I did not see him look concerned. He kind of acted like it's just something I'm dealing with. So I'm not pressed. I'm not concerned yet. I feel like if we don't see him, I mean, if it, if there's going to be like a, a long wait before he's he's visible throwing, then I got problems. If he's just, you know... Like he said, a couple weeks behind schedule and he starts three weeks into spring training to actually throw and then maybe gets a starter to win and he's not ready for opening day. Not concerned. Um, if they say, you know, we're just going to slowly ease him in, something like that, not concerned. This is a guy you need for October. Yes, he's your ace. Yes, he should start opening day. However, you know that this team is built for the long haul, it's it's built to get to the postseason and contend for a World Series. So health is like my biggest concern with this team. And if mm -hmm. JV's got to if JV's got to go on the shelf for a little bit, and that's all it's going to be is a little bit. There's so much depth within the rotation, in my opinion, that you can afford to not have JV for the entire season. So short not the entire of, season. <clears throat> well, I mean a chunk of it. But you know what I mean? Short of right. something catastrophic where he needs season ending surgery, I'm not concerned. Okay, that's fair. So if you didn't catch any of the footage today, he was actually throwing. He was throwing off the flat ground. So I'm not overly concerned. Like once I heard it, once okay, so let me let me rewind. Brian McTaggart tweeted it out. And then Chicken Little entered my brain. And I was like, super. I couldn't just have one fucking day, just the one, just one fucking day of like 
let's let's fucking go. Everything's good. Like we got all the thing. And then and then the interview saying, you know, that he's just a couple of weeks behind schedule. You know, he had a couple of hiccups and I'm all, all right, like that's fine. And then and then the, you know, footage of him throwing off a of flat ground. And I was like, okay, all right. Like he's actually he's throwing, that's fine. Um Something to be aware of, though, I was listening to another podcast that had Kevin Thompson on, who is part of the Diamondbacks bullpen, and he had thoracic outlet syndrome surgery last last season, and he went on to say, I'm going to tie this all together. Everyone's gonna, like, hurry the fuck up, Susie. He went on to say that he doesn't he didn't think that he actually needed it because it was just like his shoulder hurt. It wasn't the various other symptoms of this thoracic outlet syndrome, blah, blah, blah. And he's he basically pitched the majority of last season with his shoulder being sore. And it came out that. It was basically the way that he took the ball out of the out of his glove. He was like tensing a little bit or something like that, which put tension on some tendon, something or another. And once they figured that out, and once it once he like changed that motion, the shoulder soreness went away. Now, am I saying it's that this is what it is? No. However, you know, JV is 40. As of today, um, I think his birthday is in a couple of days, so he will be 41 very shortly, you know, which in baseball years makes you 94 years old. So things are not going to regenerate as easily as they once did. Um, but it may just be as simple as the motion of him taking the ball out of the glove and tensing weirdly. And that's that's what it is. Um, so. Like you, Tom, I'm not overly concerned. My one, not pressing concern, but my one like nagging, okay, I'm fine with him not throwing because we do need him into October, is the fact that I need him comfortable throwing to Yiner. I need those reps. And I don't know if you can simulate that in, say, like a bullpen. I mean, I granted, like, Spring training isn't, I guess, much better than bullpen. However, it would it's still a game situation. So I need I need them to be comfortable with one another. Because I don't I don't want anybody, I don't want anybody out here saying, oh, um, JV's results or the the reason JV's not throwing well is because he doesn't have his catcher behind behind him. And that just I need I need I need to squash all that. So that's my only like one nagging kind of concern is that he's not going to get those reps with the Einer or Victor Caratini. My thing about that, which I, I hope it comes to light this season. I don't think that was ever an issue last season. I think there was one individual that had that issue. And I think it was, you know, the, the manager, if it was anybody else, it probably wouldn't have been an issue. So, JV's thrown to other catchers throughout his entire career. I, I, I don't feel like Yiner is this guy that, well, we, we don't speak the same language and I have to figure him out. I, I think they're going to be perfectly fine. I don't think anybody's going to have an issue throwing to Yiner, especially because he's just a freak athlete behind the plate. And I think he's a really good catcher. So I, 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 I just need JV healthy. If, if, if they have issues at some mm -hmm. point, well, I, I hope it's in July on, on a Wednesday in a game where the Strohs score 78 runs and they give up four. Whatever. That's that's fair. That's fair. So, again, I think the depth of our starting rotation is fine. Would I be more comfortable if we went out and signed a like Snell or Jordan Montgomery? Absolutely. Am I comfortable with the money that's going to be given up for that? No, absolutely not. Now, 
the Boris Four or whatever the fuck you want to call them is still not signed. And a part of me is thinking that the longer it goes on, the more the price tag is going to drop. Because while they've made some money, I mean, all of them have made some money, I have to feel like they are antsy as it is as well, that they want to know where they're going. Their family would like to know where they're going. Well, except for Jordan Montgomery's family, who's not moving because his wife is doing residency in Boston. But it, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where like, uh, TikTok motherfuckers, like, let's go. But maybe that's just me. And maybe Boris is like, hey, don't worry. I'm, I'm getting you all of the monies. I don't know. Well, well, the interesting thing about that is you saw Carlos Correa do something very similar. And he ended up getting money from the twins, but it was twins. I think the, the names you spoke to, those are all guys that have played for teams that were expected to contend, you know, deep into the postseason and even a World Series. And I feel like that's the type of teams that they're going to want to go to. And those teams are going to be less inclined to want to pay premium dollar the longer this drags on. So I think, like you said, tick, tick, because at some point the the Boris is going to call and they're not going to answer. And then it's going to be like, well, I can get you to Minnesota or I can get you to Chicago. Do you, do you want to go there? Right. No. Right. So I don't know. Well, according to reports, um, the Rangers are out. The Rangers are apparently the TV money has not been settled or whatnot. And they're, they're monitoring quote unquote, the situation for, for Jordan Montgomery. So a reunion with them doesn't look likely again, Boston. I don't know what you're doing, Boston. You got the Netflix documentary coming. My hot take is that they're going to they're going to go out and sign Trevor Bauer because they need eyeballs in this not Netflix documentary. So get that's it. that's that's my hot take. I for anybody that is saying that the Astros need to sign Trevor Bauer, I just I kindly respectfully need you to shut the fuck up. Just <laughs> no. Ab- just absolutely not. Just absolutely not. And for those that are saying, yeah, no, we need to sign Trevor Bauer because we want to win. I I have I have problems. I have many problems with that. Too long to list. Um, but just suffice it to say that I I don't think that the PR the PR nightmare that will come along with that firestorm, not worth it. And two, I think the clubhouse nature of which chemistry that that we have built, that that everyone has said is there, I think is going to be thrown out of whack. And I'm just, I'm not, I'm not about that. Not about that. So you can say I don't know ball or I don't want to win enough or what the fuck ever. That's we're we're never going to we're never going to change each other's minds on that. So just know that I'm judging you. Just know. And that probably (laughs) means nothing to you. But, you know. (laughs) And listen, imagine every time, every time somebody's in front of the microphone. Hey, what do you think about, you know, Trevor Bauer being on the Astros or hey, you know, how do you feel? You know, those are questions guys don't want to answer. They just want to play ball. Like, yeah. regardless of what you think of his situation, I mean, there are people that think, you know, whatever, it, it wasn't real, blah, 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 whatever. It's the fact that the questions are going to be there, the constant demand, that it's, it's stress you don't need. You just want to be able to focus on your game, and and he's a constant distraction. And, and for whatever you think you gain from that, from his talent, which I, I won't argue that he has it, it's just not worth it. It's not worth it. I mean, me personally, I, I think I kind of feel like Susie does. I don't want that guy anywhere near my organization ever. But, I mean, even even if I was just trying to take all of that out of it and just the player, I just feel like it's not worth it. It's just not worth it. So when you think about the Astros and, oh, now they're down potentially two starters, that's probably, for me, in my opinion, 
the one place the Astros have depth that they can pull from to potentially work their way through it. And then, you know, obviously there's guys that in July are scheduled to return. And then that's just more. So you really only have to cover two months worth of baseball until you get Luis Garcia and Lance McCullers, who are your guys. Yep. And really and truly, I mean, Fangraphs roster resource has had Jose Urquidy as our fifth starter versus JP France. And JP France looked like he was going to get bumped to the bullpen. So, you know, as it as it stands, what Fromber Fromber is opening day starter. Like that's okay. That's not that's not much of a, a regression there. You know, we had the ifs in our rotation, you know, Christian Javier, listen, Christian Javier had, this was his first like full season last, last season was his first full season of actually being a starter. I think he pitched 168 innings, 164 innings. Let me, let me double check that. Um, a hundred and sixty, where are you? If I could read, that would be delightful. 162 innings. As opposed to his 22 season where he pitched 148 innings. And that was his, that was that swingman season where sometimes he started, sometimes he came out of the bullpen. Sometimes, you know, so the the fact that, you know, that that vertical break. dropped just a little bit because I really honestly think that he was just fucking tired, you know, and he pitched in the, in the world baseball classic. So I'm not, I'm not going to say that he is going to, you know, come, come back and, and, you know, be that, that lights out, you know, pitcher that, you know, through no hit innings. However, I don't think he's going to be as bad, quote unquote, as he was at the end of the season. And when I say bad, he ended up with a 4.56 ERA. Like that's not that's not horrible. <laughs> you know, it we're talking as if he has like a 9 ERA over here and it it's that's not it. I think we've just have been so conditioned and so used to our pitchers being awesome and you know lights out that maybe we're, we get a little bit spoiled just a little bit maybe i don't know and i mean you have to think about a lot of these guys and i think it's something that wasn't talked about enough and and the astros are, are probably one of only a few teams that this really concerned but when you think about the season before the world baseball classic the world series went all the way into november so mm-hmm. you think these guys had what 45 days uh, off of baseball, then got right back into the World Baseball Classic, which it's not spring training. These are high leverage. You are competing for your comp- your uh, <clears throat> sorry your country. So there's a there's a different level to it, right? Different amount of stress put on your body. And then they went into a an, into a full season. So when you talk about those pitchers, you can understand why the fatigue was there. Hell, when you look at a guy like Kyle Tucker towards the end of his season. I felt like that had a lot to do with him too. So mm-hmm, for, for all the people that say, well, what about CJ and what about Framber and, 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 and things of that nature, you have to take all of that into consideration. The Astros have played more baseball than any other team over the last like six years. So yep. that's, that's going to wear, wear on you no matter how young or old you are. Yep. Um, same thing with Hunter Brown. Uh, you know, Hunter Brown, again, we talk about, Comfortable, comfortability. That's not a word. How comfortability? There we go. How how comfortable the pitchers were with catchers, and that was part of the quote unquote issue last season. And you know, Hunter Brown was more comfortable throwing to Yiner, and then he didn't end up throwing to Yiner for like most of the season. You know, so and he also pitched way more innings than what was projected. I think 
he also will have a bounce back year. And I think a full year of him kind of talking to JV day in and day out and just uh, getting that tutelage, I think is going to be priceless as well. So we've got the starters. Ronell is, is there that could possibly be stretched out again. Brandon Belak, for as much shit as I give him, he's an All of it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Brand, I'm so sorry, Brandon Belak. I, I, I truly am. Like, I think that you're a great guy. I just, but he's that, that, that's what he is, right? Like he's an innings eater. He is a fifth starter in 90% of the rotations out there. And th- you need those guys. Obviously we need these guys. So, you know, we've got Brandon Belak that can, that can eat innings. We've got um, Ronell that can be stretched out again. Um, Spencer Aragetti. Could he become Hunter Brown, a swing man? Yep. And, you know, break, break uh, with the club. There's, there's lots of things happening. There's lots of things going on. Um, we've still got, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth innings relief pitchers to kind of figure out who's going to eat those innings. Dylan Coleman, Forrest Whitley, Bennett Souza. Um, there are some non-roster invitees that may be getting some some of those uh, looks in spring in spring training. Those uh, would be, let's see. Luis Contreras, Taylor Scott, Wander Suero, Colton Gordon, and Rhett Kuba. So all of those, well, and I already mentioned Spencer Aragetti, but all of those um, were spring training invitees. So we will see how they perform, how that sets up. It is apparently official. Joe Espada had a meeting with Josh Hader and Ryan Presley, and Josh Hader is our closer. We kind of all assumed that that was going to be the the situation. You know, you don't you don't pay a guy ninety five million dollars to be your setup man. He did say that you know if the nights that Josh Hader doesn't close, obviously Ryan Presley closes, but right like that. How you're how you're just gonna bump up the the best postseason closer to your setup man, and then Brian Abreu gets bumped from the eighth inning to the seventh. Like that's just that is filthy. So seven eight nine is going to be filthy. So we just need to kind of bridge that gap to get to the seventh inning, and we'll be okay. We'll be okay. And again, I think I think there's going to be kind of the the quote-unquote co-closer role like you know i don't if rafael montero can come back and be 20 2022 montero that would be delightful that would be great think about it for montero too moving him to that sixth fifth inning that that's less leverage so a guy like that the stuff is there and if he's facing seven eight nine in the sixth inning you know that's, that's probably going to be more effective. Think Ryan Stanek two years ago when everybody's like, oh, my God, he's a one ERA. And everybody's like, why aren't they pitching anymore? But the thing that a lot of people didn't notice is that he was getting a lot of the fifth, sixth inning stuff, low leverage stuff, and he was just taking care of business. Montero mm-hmm. could be that dude again. And I think this, this bullpen is pro- part of the reason why you shouldn't worry so much about the rotation because all they have to do is have the lead in the seventh inning and, and – you feel really confident about your chances. And then when you think about this offense and now they're, they're, they're getting a, a catcher with pop, a catcher that can hit for average, a catcher that probably still bases. I mean, I think they're going to score way more runs than they did last year. And everybody thought there was going to, going to score a ton of runs last year. So mm-hmm. they don't have to be great. The starters don't have to be great for this team early yeah. on anyway. Yeah. Um, I think do you find it weird? Not weird. Maybe curious maybe. 
curious. Maybe curious is the is the wrong word that I'm looking for. I find it. I'm fine. Curious is curious. It is because it is almost nine o'clock at night, and the Adderall has fully worn the fuck off. Um, that Ryan Presley has not talked at all about this situation. I don't find it curious at all. If 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 anybody tells you that they don't want that and they're okay with somebody taking their job, they're lying to you. In 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 private moments that he'll never speak to, that no one will ever talk about. Ryan Presley's not happy. He's going to do what he needs to do for the team. He is a consummate professional. He's going to say all the right things. He's going to do all the right things. He's probably going to shove every eighth inning. And it's 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 going to look like it's not a big deal. However, nobody wants their job taken. Not when you're not when you're the best. Not when you're a competitor, not when you're a closer. Those guys are set up that way. They they know he's going along to get along that type of deal. But I, I got to believe he's not happy. And, and I understand him not talking. I understand him not wanting to ask for that question. You know, eventually he will. And eventually he'll say right. all the right things right now. It's still too soon. It's just too soon. That's fair. That's fair. Now, j- nobody come for me. Like, I don't think that he needs to be up there, like answering questions. I, again, just, I find it curious that, you know, like, and everybody has said, Joe Espada has said, Dana Brown has said, Jim Crane has said, you know, that like, that Ryan has said that what whatever's good for the team. We The whole goal is to win another trophy, right? And this is the best way. But it's got to sting. I'm just saying, like, Ryan Presley, you will forever be America's closer in my heart. And I'm still looking forward to them closing games, just like you said. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait for the first game where it's him and God's going to cut you down. It's going to come on and the lights are going to go out and the and Minute Maid is going to go bananas because their dude is back on. The, I mean, it's going to be like chills, goosebumps, the whole nine because it's like, oh, my gosh, we're, we're getting we're getting our closer. I mean, nothing against Hater. A hater's probably going to have an electric intro and we're going to love fall in love with that, too. But the time that Ryan Presley closes and his music comes on, I hope I'm there. What do you think Josh Hader's song is going to be? So did you see that he said he doesn't have one? Yeah. That's why yeah. I'm asking. Uh, he's, he strikes me as a rock and roll type dude with the hair, with the, with the you know, the tats on, down his arm. It could be a country thing. I, I think it's going to be something rock-ish. I don't know what. But yeah. Yeah. He's a big hunter. He's a big bow hunter. Him and JP France apparently just gonna trade bow hunting tips. I don't actually think that's a thing, but maybe. I don't know. <laughs> you mean they're gonna be in the same blind or whatever? They're gonna be out there together. Are you kidding me? Maybe. I don't know. Well, I know him and I know Hater and Corbin Burns are our best friends, or really good friends, and they like go hunting together. Anyways. Um This whole Bregman thing. I need, I need you guys to hear me. Okay. (laughs) I need you to, I need you to hear what I'm, what I'm saying. And I need you guys to process these words. Alex Bregman is not staying in Houston unless Jim Crane throws 40 bajillion dollars at him. Okay. He is literally the only third baseman that's going to be a free agent next season. The only, not like, not even like the only good one, like the only third baseman that's going to be a free agent next season. He's going to get a bag. He's going to, he's going to go off this season because that's, that's how it always works out, right? Everybody, everybody goes off their, their, their walk year. He's going to go off and he's going to get a bag. So I need everyone to, to, to gird their loins and protect their hearts. Okay. And I need you guys to, to get ready to see Alex Bregman in another Jersey next season. And it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt a lot of you. It's going to hurt. Don't ask me where he's going. I don't know. 
I haven't dug that deep then. So I got to ask you a question then. Okay. What a, well, it's two parts. A, what do you think? Just, just ballpark. What do you think that number will be based on what he makes now? He makes 30. So what do you think that number will be? And B, if the Astros come in like four or 5 million AAV under that number and the other club is say, I'm trying to think of it, say it's the Cubs. Do you think he takes the bag? Or, or the bigger bag, I guess. It's a bag either way. I feel like the way Dan is talking, the way Jim Crane's talking, I think they're going to make him a competitive offer. I just wonder if he's going to leave for four or five million dollars more a year than basically retire an Astro. And I know it's hypothetical, but I'm just curious your thoughts, Susie. Well, Ball okay, nowhere. so. He, um, <laughs> he let's see okay let me ask you this you're gonna answer my question with a question i am okay because okay. it's my show and i get to do whatever the fuck i want yes ma'am <laughs> what do you think that he is a better player than manny machado I'm biased on that. Yes. I don't know that the numbers uh, are, are, are crazy. Like between the two, like he probably has better numbers than Manny. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Are you comparing them right now? Is that, is that this look I'm getting? I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to. Yeah. Um, if the, I can find the, the box. The question that is what is, weird. what does Manny make now? And Yeah. That's what she said. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, where, what is his age, like, relative? Like, obviously, it, it, you need an apple so, for the apples. Okay, so Manny Machado right now is 31. And he is making $13 million um, for the base salary. In he's his... Got- Age 33 season, he's going to make 21 million. And then it bumps up to 35 million starting starting in his age 34 season. So now, granted, Manny Machado got that um, 11 year, $350 million contract. So I get it. It's not apples to apples here. It's apples to oranges. I understand for the people that are like, she doesn't know what she's talking about. Okay. Um, I realize. Now, Manny Machado is hmm, a almost double the player that Alex Bregman is. So in in his career, Manny Machado has 54.9 war. Compared to Alex Bregman's 35.4 war. In now, granted, he has almost this is not a math pod. I am not that Asian. Manny Machado has 1583 games played versus Alex Bregman's 966. So essentially 600 more games. I'm rounding for ease sake. Um, played appearances, he almost has to almost 3,000 more plate appearances. So, again, not apples to apples, guys. I understand. But, you know, home runs, 313 to 165 RBIs. So let me just look at last last season here. Maybe. Because, I mean, like really, really and truly, when you start naming really good offensive, defensive third baseman, there's not that many, right? Like I'm talking, 
Manny Machado, Nolan Arenado, Austin Riley, Bregman, who else? So the guy that I would think you'd have to compare him to, because he recently got paid, and I don't think he's the player that Bregman is, is Rafael Devers. And when you look at Rafael Devers' contract, he's making 27.5 this year, 27.5 next year, but he's younger. And then in his age 30 season on, which is like three years from now, he's really young. uh, It's 31, 31, 31, then 29, 29, 29. So I got to believe... That's what I mean. He's looking for probably that kind of money for the rest of his career. Now, I think it's got to taper at some point, but say, say for for argument's sake, the Astros offer him seven years at $200 million. And it's kind of laid out to where he's making. 32, 32, 32, and then it's like 28, 28, 28, 28, 28, whatever. You know what I mean? He gets a bump for the next three or four years, and then it gradually breaks off. I can see them offering him that, and I could see some other team offering, say, 210 for the same seven years, and are you really going to, like, AAV three or $4 million go, no, I need, I need the two ten. That's the scenario where I see Bregman still a stro. I feel like the Astros are going to do their damnedest more than I ever did with click to retain Bregman and Tucker. I really do. Okay. So do, okay. Then the question is then, do you think that they're going to try and retain Bregman because there's no one coming up in the system. And if we had somebody coming up in the system, we would not. Because Dana has said, no, we're going to make them offers. However, we made George Springer offers. We made Carlos Correa offers. We made, you know, like, not saying that they were competitive. But we, we let them walk because we had guys coming up. So Jim Crane spoke to that and he said they wanted different things. He said those guys either wanted to get closer to home or they really wanted to earn the most money they could. You know, he kind of spoke to it and it just depends on what Bregman wants. If he wants the most, the most, the biggest bag he can find, then that's what he'll go get. But the, the, the reading the tea leaves, I feel like, and I could be way off. They could offer him, you know, seven years, 180, and he could be like, yeah, whatever, kick rocks. Um, I feel like there's a competitive offer because they, the way Dana Brown talked about him, he's a, he's a cornerstone. He's a pillar. He, t- he talked about him in the same vein as Altuve. And I think he wouldn't have said those things. I, I feel like he's pretty calculated with his, with his words if he didn't feel – like, hey, I need to retain this guy. Um, I don't know that the the I don't know that the the farm system matters as much because you could always go trade for a third baseman if you had to. But I believe that they're at least gonna try to keep Bregman. And then Tucker, Jim Crane talked about that too. Well, we've got two more years, we're gonna play the wait and see game. Um, I don't know that that's smart, but because you got a you got a discount, I think, on Jordan getting him early. I think you would Absolutely. get the same you would get the same discount with Tucker if you dealt with him now, as opposed to waiting like you did with Bregman and Altuve. Now Tuve was different, and and their agent, you know, talked to it. He's like, Tuve wanted the end of his career. Bregman, he still has a much lengthier career in front of him, so he's going to want the lengthier deal. I just. I really feel like the guy, the odd man out, because uh, this was posed on Twitter to me and you by somebody I wish I could remember his name. 
I think it was uh uh Hill Hill something Hill. I can't I can't think. Oh, uh um, Dr. Thrill. Josh's dad. Yeah. Dr. Thrill, yes. Yeah. He he said there's three guys. Bregman, Tucker, Framber. Who do the Strohs keep? Of those three, I feel like Framber is the guy that's more likely to be replaced within the system. And of those three, I think it's the easiest to replace in general. And I know he's a lefty. He's do- When he's dominant, he's dominant. And lefties don't grow on trees. I get that as a lefty. But I don't know where you find power-hitting right fielders that can steal 30 bags and play good defense. I don't know. I definitely don't know where you find gold glove third baseman who probably should have two gold gloves by now and doesn't and hits for, you know, power and all the things. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Um, yeah. I always kind of side eye the gold gloves when Juan Soto gets one. So, you know, how Bregman doesn't have a gold glove is absolutely criminal. Yeah. Um, side note, the <laughs> last season, Alex Bregman was a better player than Manny Machado. And Bregman's going to use that. He's going to use all of that to get the bag. The real question I ask myself is who's going to offer it to him that can compete? Because I don't see Bregman taking a step back a la Correa, even though I don't think Correa wanted to. I think he had some injury stuff that probably hurt him. And and I think that has something to do with this too, right? I think the Astros are trying really, really hard to wait and see, wait and see, wait and see, because injuries happen. And then that's that's a bargaining chip, you know what I mean? So right. Yeah, um, well... You know, if I was super dedicated to my craft and podcasting, I would go and look and compare all third basemen and like who needs a third baseman next season. Um, however, I neither have the time nor the energy or the brain cells really to do that. So maybe... Um, this next week, if someone reminds me and hits me up on Twitter and I avoid my homework long enough, I will ADHD my way into researching that instead of doing my homework. Um, but, like, who's playing third for the Blue Jays? Like, where's Matt Chapman going? These are the questions that I would like to know. I still, I still say that the Giants... Sign Matt Chapman. That's what I'm saying. Anyhow, um, okay. I I think that's all of the news and notes from pitchers and catchers report date. Oh, side note, my favorite center fielder, who should be the center fielder, the starting opening day center fielder, uh, reported today. He didn't need to. No, no, he didn't need to because, again, he's an outfielder. Uh, but Chaz McCormick, come on down. Just got married, like, last week. That's dedication right there. That is dedication right there. And, uh, you know, now he's a pitcher. Next, Shohei Otani right here, baby. Chaz McCormick. Um, they did interview. They did interview Jake, though. And apparently Jake says that he's feeling good. You know? He laughingly said that he was in the best shape of his life. I don't give a fuck about what shape you're in, Jake. <laughs> I care about how your mental state is, sir. Respectfully. Because really and truly, that's that's where the problem is, right? Like, we all know. I think his arms, his arms come back. And I think all of his issues lie within his brain. So I need, I need him to... I don't know. Take all the deep breaths. Talk to Fromber's mental health coach or whatever. Get it right. Get it tight. We shall see. How many games do you give Jake? How long do you None. let that? Ex- no, 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 no. I'm. I. 
He's the starter. We've already discussed this. They've already discussed this. At what point? I don't point, want to. At what point do you pull the plug on Jake Myers? If he struggles, how? I mean, I don't. You're gonna have Doobie. You're gonna have Doobie watching. You're gonna have Chaz in left there, or 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 not in left because they're talking about playing Jordan a ton in left. How many games? Do, what leash does Jake Myers get? Because in that interview, I saw a dude that was looking over his shoulder. Meant like physically, like like his body language was not great. Like he didn't want to have that interview at all. And I think he, there is so much pressure, and you can just see it on his face. Maybe it's just me. There's so much pressure on him internally. Like he knows, like Chaz is coming for him. He knows Doobie's coming for him. And it's like they are trying to get his mind right. And all he can think about is what's behind him, chasing him. So how many games do you think Joe Espada? gives Chaz McCoy, or I'm sorry, before he goes and gets Chaz and goes, you're my center fielder. Realistically. I don't, I don't know. I, 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 I honestly don't know. I, and I don't think that I can rationally impartially give you a number that does not skew to fuck Jake Myers, give center field to Chaz because of all of the disrespect that Chaz has had to endure this last this last season. I I don't know, maybe like opening like April, like spring training in April. And then I think if cuz you saw how the I season think, starts out. You've seen the schedule. He's going to have to go and deal with the Yankees top what 3, 4, 4 which is Garrett Cole. I mean, he, he's not gonna, I don't I don't think he's gonna have great success against these guys. Then I think it's the Blue Jays right after that, right? So Okay, well now if we're talking about rotations, like Yankees rotation doesn't doesn't fucking scare me. Um Yankee fans, The top of the top ears. of it the top of it is gonna be good. The bottom okay. of it not so much. Garrett Cole, absolutely. Like, yes. Kermit the Frog does does put a little bit of fear into my heart, okay? Not going to lie. However, if your number two is Carlos Rodon and he's not San Francisco Giants Carlos Rodon and he's last season Carlos Rodon, like, what are we doing here? Marcus Stroman, okay. Like, that. that's a maybe. Clark Schmidt is your four, and then Nestor Cortez is your five. So you're going to see Garrett Cole, Carlos Rodon, and Marcus Stroman? Is it a three-game series? It's a three-game series, right? I got to look it um, up now. I, I'm, not, I'm not shaking in my boots. For me, it's not, it's, not the rest of the, it's not the rest of the roster that I worry about. It's, I'm just talking about him. Just talking about Chaz McCormick struggling with that like i gotta go in there and produce jake myers i'm sorry you mean- i keep saying Chaz because i want him to play uh, jake myers yes jake myers yeah i just I, I don't know i think i think you give him april you give him spring training in april and then i i, I don't know i guess i don't even know what you do with them honestly no i i <laughs> he needs to go. He needs to go, and he needs a he needs a clean slate on another team. Like he, it, the the old adage of a uh, change of scenery or whatever. It has ne- it has not been made, or it has been expressly made for the situation for Jake Myers. <laughs> now, like, don't I have Jake Myers cards? Like autographed cards. Do you see them back here? Okay. Um, if you are on the YouTubes, go look. Okay. Audio only people. I'm very sorry. I have many a Jake Meyer cards. Okay. I have, I want to say I've been autographed Jake Myers 8x10 floating around somewhere here too. Because when Jake Myers came on the scene, I was, I was on the Jake train. Okay. Like I was conducting that bitch. <laughs> and then and then he got hurt and then he and then he came back and he was not the same Jake 
And I'm sorry, but he hasn't been the same Jake. And in the meantime, Chaz is over here like, the fuck I got to do? What what the fuck do I have to do? I'm I'm here. I've been working. I what else what else do you need to see? Um, and that just that hurts kind of my soul for Chess McCormick. Okay, so just the schedule all of the meatloaf and banana pudding. The schedule breaks out. It's four against the Yankees, three against the Blue Jays, and then four against the Rangers. Okay, so so we're gonna see Garrett Cole, Carlos Rodon, Marcus Stroman, and Clark Schmidt. Okay. Eh. Um, Blue Jays. What is that? Kevin Gosman, Jose Barrios. Maybe, maybe not the ace. You, you probably it'll it'll probably rotate around, right? So they're gonna play three or four games somewhere else first as well, and you know maybe you catch three, four, five, something like that. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, I don't think he's gonna get somebody with a seven ERA that he's going to get to tee off on right away. And if he's batting 205, 12 games into the season, what are you doing? Um, Blue Jays rotation is Kevin Gosman, Jose Barrios, Chris Bassett, Yusei Kikuchi, and Alex Alec Manoa. Now you've got um, what's his bucket that maybe – thrown in there, Yariel Rodriguez as maybe their five instead of Alec Manoa, depending on, I guess, what Alec Manoa does. That would be interesting. Has Alec Manoa showed up for for camp? It's a good, it's a good I've question. Not, I will have to look at that after after we get done recording. Um, so, you know, there's there's that. And then don't even get me fucking started on the goddamn Texas Rangers rotation. Like what Speaking you have head cases. <laughs> you got fucking Nathan Nivaldi. Like what are, what are we doing here? Um they ran out of money. They spent it all on Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon and <laughs> a couple of pitchers that aren't gonna get to play. I mean, they can't spend any more money. Nathan Nivaldi, John Gray, Andrew Heaney, Dane Dunning, Cody Bradford. At no point in time does that lineup scare me. Now, if there are Rangers fans listening to this, I don't know why there would be, but if there's Rangers fans listening to this, they're gonna be like, they're gonna um call me out and be like, oh my god, Tizzy, but we took care of you and blah 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 blah. Okay. The only person I'm scared of in that lineup is Nathan Nivaldi. Like, don't don't get it fucking twisted. Okay. Now, come All-Star break when Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer and um, not Tommy Canely, uh, uh, Maley? Tyler Maley, there we go. Tyler Maley come back and replace Dane Dunning and Cody Bradford and Andrew Heaney. And John Gray is now your five. Okay, then we can talk. All right, like that rotation right there is scary. But again, those are big if guys as well. So, you know, it's six of one, half a dozen of the other, y'all. What really cracks me up is that all of these, like the Pakoda um, projections and fan graphs and Ross, like all, like all of the like baseball savant, all of these projections have the Astros basically winning the AL West slash winning the AL and the Rangers taking a big step back. Now, a lot of those are, what did they say? Um, They like to err on the side of caution. Okay. But when you have the Rangers, you know, the reigning World Series champion, and they have them projected winning like 83 games, I, I got, I'm like, I'm, I, I got some side eye for it because I'm all, wait, what? Huh? But again, that rotation is not, is not scary. And 
while the top of their lineup is a little tough, the bottom of the lineup is less tough. <laughs> they had some guys with some career years in there too. And then okay. the one thing that I think really probably is is the the more concerning thing for the Rangers and why their projection is low is what happened with that bullpen. Like, I don't think their bullpen is going to be – they've got uh, LeClerc as the closer, and then what? That's really it. So they got – They got Josh Spores. I mean, they got Josh Spores. They got David Robertson. They signed David Robertson. Um, they got Kirby Yates. They got some older-ish guys in there. Let's be really honest. Come All-Star break, trade deadline, you're probably going to see a variety of bullpen moved over. And then, you know, again, at the All-Star break when Max Scherzer and Jacob... DeGrom come back and Tyler Maley come back, you know, Dane Dunning and Cody Bradford and Andrew Heaney are going to get bumped to the bullpen. And that, that is now a more scary bullpen. So I don't know. I just, I'm not, I'm not afraid of the Rangers. If anything, if anybody that I'm afraid of, quote unquote, in the AL, it's going to be, it's going to be the Orioles. However, you know, when you got, when you got Craig Kimbrell as your closer. I don't think that'll last though. I imagine they'll get their closer back like all-star break too. Uh, I don't think so. I think he's out. Bautista? He had Tommy John. Yeah. Last year. I don't think he, but I think he's out this entire Season. I'm almost positive. Hmm. I mean Well, if nothing else, their 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 setup guy was really good as a closer. That that is true. Um but I want to say that they tried well, they tried him in the closer role a couple of times, and I don't think he did great, but you know, that may be just like a mindset thing. I don't know. Out of all of the people that I follow on Twitter, I don't think I follow any Baltimore Orioles people. And I think I need to change that. Um, You're right. He'll miss yeah, the entire season. Yep. Nine hours ago, when, somebody asked the question. When, um, when he came in last season and it was like, a one-two punch with Cano and um, Bautista. Like, if the Orioles had the lead, you were kind of fucked. There was just no getting around that. And now it feels less good when Craig Kimbrell is your closer and Yenny or Cano is your setup guy. Like, I wonder if they can if they can switch Yenny or Cano's mindset into being like, "Hey, I need you to be the closer." And Craig Kimbrell to be the the setup guy. But I mean they're paying Craig Kimbrell 13, I think. If you guys know, put it in the comments. Put it in the YouTube comments. Cause I just I don't feel very comfortable with Craig Kimbrell as the closer. But I mean um, 13 million dollars is well, what the Astros pay. Rafael Montero, or they, they basically play Rafael Montero. So saying that he can't be moved, and now with new ownership in Baltimore, saying that they can't go out and get a closer, I mean, that that could be a move they make at the trade deadline. It's true. It's true. I mean, shit, if the Brewers, if the Brewers don't do shit, um, Devin Williams. The airbender. Come on down. That then at that point the Orioles will not be stopped and they will win 174 games. Don't come for me. I know there's only 162 in a season. Um, but really and truly, like it's gonna be a dogfight between us and the Rangers. I've said it before. 
I don't think the Mariners are going to be an issue. Angels. I'm sorry, Angels. Athletics. Come on now. Um, and, I mean, like, AL Central? No. No. And then that AL East, I mean, you're looking at Yankees, Blue Jays, Orioles. And the Rays are like, the fuck? What are we? Sorry, Rays. You just, you ain't it either. They're going to be in every Um, game, though. They pitch. They are. They are. Phil Maton is not going to be on the Rays come trade deadline. He is going to be traded to a contender. That's that's my other hot take. They're going to tweak his curveball, and Dexter is going to end up somewhere else. I don't know, but I don't think I don't think it's going to be as bad as Chicken Little is predict- predicting it to be. So, I don't know. We shall see. I can't wait for actual spring game, spring training games to start, though. Very excited about those. Very excited. Do you watch spring training games? I try to watch all the baseball when I can. I watch it all. I don't care. One day, one day, Susie, bourbon and baseball will be in Florida for spring training. Yeah, on somebody else's time. That would be delightful. Even better. Even better. Even better. Yeah. Unfortunately, I have to save money for two children's colleges. That's (laughs) not like, why? Why must I do that? That's not a thing that I want to (laughs) do. Damn kids. Just kidding. I love my children. Most of the time. (laughs) When they do their homework. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Final thoughts. Hurry up, baseball season. I'm I'm ready. Start tomorrow. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go. Um yep. We shall see how it goes. Again, guys, we are going to be here all throughout the season. Tom is going to be with me for the Astros edition. Kelsey is going to be with me once a week talking about the, all of the balls. Um, odds are you're going to be able to check us out on the PSF app. Not quite sure what's going on with that just yet, but those details will be ironed out shortly. Hopefully, hopefully before that season actually starts. I think the se- before the season starts, right, Tom? Oh yeah, I would I would say I within that. the next couple of weeks we'll be able to tell you more about what we're doing over there. Uh, I'm really excited because I think that's the best place to go watch a game if you're not going to go to the game. This is true. Um, Tom, tell the people where they can find you at Third Coast Tom on Twitter. And because my other podcasting buddy that I do a show with gives me such a hard time, you can find me on Instagram at TCTom1. Apparently, I am not putting the Instagram out there, and that is a problem. So, yes, you can find me there. Do you put a lot of content out on Instagram? Not at all. But I am there, and you will will get content from me if you come to Instagram. It's just apparently it needs to be said. Bourbon and Baseball is on Instagram. Definitely check us out there. Um, I, I normally post all our stuff over there, too. So, um, like I said, guys, follow Tom over on Twitter, on Instagram, apparently. And um, on the PSF app, we will put all of those links when that comes to fruition in the show notes. Um, give us five stars, please, and thank you. Rate us five stars give us all of the nice words um great britain welcome to the motherfucking chat okay thank you because we are now charting on the great britain apple podcast charts again i don't know where the fuck you guys are finding us but i thank you like deep down in my black heart i deeply thoroughly enjoy getting that chartable email opening it up and seeing that another country has been added to the list. So um, for like two days, we charted on the U.S. charts. Shout out USA peoples. Um, Japan, China, 
just kidding, not China because they don't listen to things. Japan and Korea, sorry, Japan, Korea, Spain, all holding it down for us. We have been charting over on those Apple podcast charts consistently for the last like month. Um, so again, I don't know where you guys are finding that, but I so appreciate you guys listening. I know Tom appreciates it. I know Kelsey appreciates it. So please keep listening um, and tell a friend, share the pod. We would love that because then if at all possible, some way, somehow we get paid money to do this and then we can give better content. I can't promise that. Odds are probably not, but <laughs> at least then we'll get paid. I don't, I'm just saying. So uh, with, that, um, <laughs> uh, with that, uh, we are going to end the recording and yay, baseball. Woo!